Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to our show tonight. Uh, my name is Doris Hansen, and we are glad that you have joined us. I'm your host for the program. We do hope that you enjoy what we have planned for you tonight. But first, I have a couple of announcements that I need to make. The first one is that normally on a monthly basis, we announce the Utah County Support Group uh, for those who are questioning or leaving uh, the Mormon faith. Now, this month, instead of having a regular meeting, what they are doing is they're encouraging everyone who attends the meeting to go to the gospel presentation that they're having at the First Baptist Church in Provo on Christmas Eve, December 24th, instead of the regular outreach meeting. The address is 1144 West Columbia Lane in Provo, and you can call 801-373-8489 if you need more information, or you can email way61 at hotmail.com. Again, we encourage everyone who is questioning their Mormon or their polygamous faith to keep on questioning. You need a support group to help you through this time. And don't let anyone shame you out of questioning. Ask those questions and research and search for the truth without shame and without guilt that may be piled upon you. Our next announcement is on January 17th at 3.30 p.m., in room 102 of United States District Court of Utah, Judge Clark Wadoops is going to determine whether or not to uphold Utah's bigamy laws. He's going to decide if the plaintiffs Cody Brown and wives of sister wives fame, if they have any fundamental liberty interest in practicing polygamy, or if the Browns case can be allowed into the Supreme Court. Now this is for your information and for those uh, anybody who's interested and who believe that marriage should be, be between one man and one woman. And we do hope and pray that this judge, Judge Wadoops, will have the integrity and the good sense to come to the same conclusion that Canada came to a year ago. Polygamy can and should be upheld as an illegal practice because of its inherent abuses to women and children. And next Tuesday evening at 6 p.m., a meeting to kind of gear up the, the, the uh, support uh, on, for the court case coming up in the 17th, not for the decriminalization of polygamy, but against the decriminalization of polygamy. A meeting called the Sound Choices Coalition is going to be held next Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. to discuss the decriminalization decriminalization of polygamy. And if you're interested in keeping marriage honorable and defined as monogamy, you can join us. That's December 18th, next Tuesday, 6 p.m. at Denny's Restaurant at 420 West, 4500 South in Salt Lake City. Please come and please feel free to invite your friends or anyone else that you believe might be interested who would care to make a difference in this very, very important court case that is coming up, um, which has stemmed mostly from the Sister Wives propaganda on the TLC network. And Christians, please pray. Would you please pray that God would undertake on behalf of what's right to, to uh, protect women and children in our society? 
You know, as I read through the Gospels in the New Testament, I often come across something that Jesus said that is glaringly opposed to doctrines which Joseph Smith and other Mormon polygamists taught. And I wonder why this culture that has such a zeal for God, why they cannot grasp the reality that they say they believe in Jesus, but they don't believe much of what Jesus said. Polygamists generally have a desire to please God, and they certainly have a zeal to go to the celestial kingdom. They say that they believe in Jesus' life and in his death and resurrection, and they believe he's coming again. But we find that they refuse to adjust their doctrine and their thinking to take Jesus' words to heart. In other words, they really don't believe what Jesus said. In John chapter 8, verse 45, Jesus said, Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Now his statement here is so true of this culture. Tonight we are going to look at some specific statements that Jesus Christ said, and we're going to challenge our polygamous viewers and other viewers to ask yourselves, why you don't believe what Jesus taught. So tonight we're going to look at several different statements made by Jesus that the polygamy culture rejects. And our, our guest tonight to participate in this discussion is Jamie Honbaum. She's been on our show before. We always love having her here as a guest. And so to get started, I'd like to introduce and welcome back to our show our guest, Jamie Honbaum. Thank you. Did I say your name yes, right? Yes. I always wonder if I get tongue-tied on that I and know, say it wrong. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming and for agreeing to participate in this discussion. Thank you for having me Interesting. once again. We love to have you. Every time we love to have you here. Thank you. You know, every branch of Mormonism claims that they are believers and followers of Jesus Christ. And when I say every branch of Mormonism, there are several different offshoots of, of the original uh, Mormon organization. And they all say they believe Jesus Christ, and so we want to challenge them tonight, especially polygamous viewers, with something that Jesus said in Luke 6:46. And he said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? So tonight, we're going to look at some of his statements that are not accepted as truth by the polygamous culture. Now, the first, the first one, and I'm just going to very briefly do this one because two weeks ago we did a show with Pastor Jim Catlin on the eternal marriage teaching that Jesus totally taught against. And so we're not going to spend a lot of time on that, but I needed to bring it up as part of our discussion tonight in the context of our topic tonight. And quoting what Jesus said in Mark 12, 25, uh, Jesus said, when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven, of course, telling us that the angels in heaven are not married. Now, there's no hidden meanings in this verse at all. And Jesus said there's no marriages in heaven. So we just would like to challenge our polygamous viewers to go ask your polygamous leadership why they teach opposite of what Jesus taught. And you can go onto our website, whatloveisthis.tv, and click on the show of November 30th and watch our entire show that we did two weeks ago on this subject to discover that uh, actually the Bible is totally against celestial, eternal marriage. Okay, Jamie, you wanted to cover uh, the next statement that Jesus made that had to do with the preexistence. Yes, it's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, John 8, 23. Uh, you are from <clears throat> below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Now that's what Jesus said. He yes. said that. Mm -hmm. yes, Words he did. from his own mouth. That's right. 
And um, I think what it's telling you there is um, basically there is no pre-existence. Um, he's very, very clear. Uh, you, you are from below. Mm -hmm. So where is below? It's, it's here on earth. And so um, it's funny because when I was in the church, uh, I didn't take the time to think, you know, or ponder. It was just told to me what to think and, and, and everything. But now that I've left the church, any point in time, I let's talk about Abraham's bosom. There was no heaven. They went to Abraham's bosom. So right there with a rich man and Lazarus, there's no heaven. There's no preexistence. There's, you know, uh, Jesus always tells you, you know, that you were, he formed you in your mother's womb. Mm -hmm. There again, there's mm -hmm. no pre-existence mm -hmm. for right. that. Right. Um, there's a, the, one of the best verses to back up what Jesus says or to confirm more of what he said is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Yes. Um, 15, 46 and 47, it goes, However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. The first man is from the earth, earthy, the second is man is from heaven. Now that's clear. The spiritual did not come first. That's right. Does it get any clearer than that? Uh, no, but even even when the Lord tells you, you know, I'm I'm from above. Mm -hmm. That right there should just make us and all. And you are from below. Correct. Right. And then exactly. in Genesis chapter two verse seven, it tells us how Adam was formed. Doesn't it? Doesn't say he was formed in heaven. No. He was formed. <clears throat> Like Jesus said, from below. That's right. In Genesis uh, 2, 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man become a living being. So obviously he didn't come down from above. No. No. And it's really weird because um, walking out of the church for me, you would think that I would know all these things. And we talk about them, and it just it didn't click. Yeah, well, it, it doesn't click unless the, the person, and this goes, of course, for, like I said, for all of the offshoots of the original Mormon organization, whether it's a mainline church or polygamous or the RLDS or whomever, they don't study the Bible. They don't study those. They study what the Book of Mormon teaches and what Mormonism teaches. They don't study what God teaches. And that's our challenge for the, our viewers tonight is if you say you believe in Jesus, why don't you believe what Jesus taught? That's right. Because he did teach there was no pre-existence. That's right. And um, uh, I, I, the, the one thing that really got to me is when I started doing um, Bible studies and when this one thing about um, uh, the quote that uh, with John, you know, that that got to me. But really what stuck with me was uh, uh, Abraham's bosom. Mm -hmm. I just didn't realize I always thought that heaven, you know, you're taught that, and so you don't think twice. Yeah. But then when you get quotes and scripture, mm -hmm. and you're able to delve into that in Bible study, mm -hmm. 
you just feel awful. That's why important how buddy how important Bible study is. That's right. And and I was taught as a child growing up that of course the preexistence every we always are, but I was taught that I chose who my parents would be. Oh, I was yes. taught that I chose to to be born in the home I was born and the polygamy group that I was that I was uh, because I'd have a better chance of earning celestial glory, and that uh, that. I was there because I made the choices, but I, I couldn't prove the preexistence was wrong. But I always wondered. They told us we were smarter there than than we are here, and I thought, why would I, if I was smarter in the preexistence, why did I choose to come to this abusive home, to this greedy little group, polygamy group, you know, to this abusive and and controlling polygamy group? I couldn't believe that I would have made such stupid choices. Well, see, you think they were stupid choices, but for me. Um, it was the, um, it was kind of prideful. I was white and delightsome. I was, um, I chose a Mormon family to go into. Um, these were all gifts mm. to me. I mm -hmm. thought, oh, well, look at me. Look how wonderful I am. I, I chose, I chose I, this. I understand I'm that arrogant attitude, I mean, but yes. it doesn't happen with every family because not every family I know. is the greatest family. That, that's right. Know? And I, I, you know, and you met my mom. And but you for on my side, I thought, what wise choice? I mean, I must have been so wonderful, <laughs> you know. And I've heard other people say the same thing, so yeah, I guess it exactly. does do that. It didn't work with my side of it. Definitely. You know, there's another verse in John three thirty one that Jesus said. He said, "The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven." is above all. So Jesus is talking about himself as coming from heaven, and he's above all. That one from heaven is above all, and all of us who are at the earth. So there, there is no indication whatsoever in any of these verses that there is a pre-existence, that only Jesus Christ pre-existed. Jesus pre-existed. None of us pre-existed um, except for him. Now, the next statement that Jesus made is the word of wisdom. Oh, yes. That we, well, he didn't make the word of wisdom, but it concerns the word of wisdom. Right. And uh, it's something that the fundamentalists, as well as the other shoots, offshoots that believe the word of wisdom, refuse to believe, is that God has no restrictions on food or drink. We're going to use Mark chapter 7, verse 14 and 15, as the verses that Jesus declared that foods were not restricted. Jesus said, again, in, in Mark 7, 14 through 15, again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. Now, I, I want to stop right here before we get further. The context of this statement that Jesus made is normal food and beverage, okay? It's not talking about drugs or boozing. <laughs> and, and I say that because I've had people ask me, whoa, what about, you know, and then they bring up all this oddball stuff. No, the, the context is normal food and beverage. But in these verses, Jesus proclaimed all foods to be clean. And, and if he said, if Jesus from his own mouth said that we could eat, that it's not what goes in us that makes us unclean, it's what comes out of us. And then he proceeds to talk about our sins. We wonder why Jesus is ignored and the word of wisdom is embraced instead. Well, um, I think for me, uh, we go through scripture and uh, we have to understand that when the Lord 
before the Lord came, there were certain things that, you know, in the Bible, you ha couldn't eat this mm -hmm. because of this mm -hmm. or whatever. But when the Lord came, mm -hmm. he came and fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the Old Testament law. He did. Mm -hmm. And I, I see, and I didn't know that either. No, neither okay? did I. And it's, it's kind of a, a renewing in spirit for me because I went so many years thinking, oh, I can't have this and I can't yeah. have that. But now that I know the true Jesus of the Bible, and I knew that when he died on the, on the cross, he, he didn't, he finished everything. He finished, yeah. Yeah. He and finished it all. Yes. And so we don't have that restriction as it pertains to the word of wisdom. There, there's some verses in Colossians um, that I think that perhaps our viewers maybe not be aware of these verses. The first one is in Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, that backs up what Jesus said. And it says, Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ, which is just what you said. He's the fulfillment of the Old Testament laws. He kept the law perfectly. And then in Mark 7, he proclaimed all foods clean. So now we get to eat and drink what we want. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 20 through 23, it says, Since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why, as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. Such, regula such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body. But they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. They don't lack any, uh, or I mean it says they lack, uh, there, there's no value in food restrictions. They lack the power to restrain you from other sins is what this is saying. And, and all food and beverages are okay, of, of course, without boozing and drugs. Remember that. There's scriptures that will tell us against drugs and, drug, and drunks. And this is a, this, this in, in for the word of wisdom, for if you just, as we go through all these, you will see that everything that Jesus accomplished and, and did whether it was a miracle or not, um, such as this, making the food clean. Uh, he did it all. Mm -hmm. Then you have Joseph Smith that says, oh, wait a minute, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And then the, the different um, el, uh, polygamous sect. Mm -hmm. See, I look at the polygamous sect as being the true Mormons. They are the true Mormons. Yes, because they're fundamentalists and they do the letter of mm -hmm. Mormonism. Mm -hmm. And... Oh, I, I'm not a polygamist. I didn't come from that sect, but I came from the, the regular mainstream. But nonetheless, they believe the same thing mm -hmm. there. They do. And would you believe Jesus or Joseph? That's a good question. Is it Joseph or Jesus? And, and, and I would suggest to our polygamous viewers, go to your leadership and ask them why they teach differently regarding food and drink than Jesus taught. Now, there's some polygamous groups that aren't as strong with the word of wisdom as others, but, you know, it just depends, and, you know, it either is or it isn't. But anyway, your next one to move right along here is, show us a sign, huh? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have uh, Matthew 16, 1, 
and I show the Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign, <coughs> excuse me, from heaven. Uh, and a wicked and adulterous generation looks for a miraculous sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. Um, now, for me, it's uh, Jonah. Everybody goes, what does that have to do with Jonah? And Jonah was put in the belly of the well. And um, basically, uh, Jesus is saying, I'll give you one sign, and that will be my resurrection. Don't go looking for signs. Mm-hmm. Um, he calls people who want a sign a wicked and, and adulterous, adulterous generation yes, that want a sign. Because you're seeking another, uh, like uh, another seeking, God. You're seeking other than what he's already uh, that's revealed. That's right. That's exactly right. And whenever he would do a, a miracle or anything, the the Pharisees, and they were miracles that mm-hmm. Jesus performed. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't, oh my gosh, look at that. It was like, oh, how do we get rid of him? How do we kill yeah, him? How do we, yeah, right. you know? So that's that's what these people's mindsets yeah. uh, were. you know. And, and so the signs that the people of these days are looking for are miracles. Yes, or you go or to supernatural events. Absolutely. Jeannie Dixon. Let's go to the card reader. Let's go to the fair. And or let's go to the Mayans and tell us when the world's oh, going to yes. end. Yes, however or many days that is. burning in the bosom. The, 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 oh, the polygamists the believe the... that just as much yes. as, as the rest of the people do. So it's very misleading to look for a sign. I remember being smaller and asking, just give me a sign. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And now I'm so ashamed because I think about, uh, I mean, nowhere in there, uh, the only thing that the Lord asks us to seek is the truth, mm-hmm. and He is the truth. And you just look at the Bible. Yeah. That's that's the He wants only us to truth. trust Him. Yes, we don't need a sign. He wants no, us to trust ex- exactly. Him. Exactly. And you exactly. know, Warren Jeffs gave gave a sign in two thousand two or somewhere there where he told everybody that the world's going to end. Move out of Salt Lake. Get down there, and the, the, well, the Salt Lake's going to be destroyed. Yeah. Well, Salt Lake wasn't destroyed. That's the sign they they asked for, and it was a lie. So, and of course, Jesus said in Matthew 24, false Christ and false prophets would appear and deceive many. And that is happening in this culture. And 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 9 and 10, the coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders. So be careful about asking for signs, people, because Satan would love to come along and give you a sign. And Jesus said that a wicked and adult's generation asks for a sign. So don't ask for a sign. Um, The next one is the gates of hell (laughs) will not prevail against much. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, and, and this is what he said, I also say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, polygamists believe that the true gospel was taken from the earth. They believe that Joseph Smith was called by God to restore his lost gospel, and the most important part of that gospel is polygamy. They call it the higher law, and that God had given it to certain people in the Old Testament, but they became wicked, and so he removed that law, the law of polygamy, because they didn't deserve it. They weren't worthy of it, and he didn't reinstate it until Joseph Smith came along and was worthy of it. This is what they believe. This is what they teach. But embracing that belief is 
rejecting what Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18. The gates of hell won't prevail against my church. How could it be lost if Jesus said it wouldn't be? Well, and exactly. And, and another thing, I have a, a couple of uh, little notes here, is um, there was no, no restoration because if you think about it, uh, how about the three Nephi giants? If you, mm -hmm. okay, and then that's like tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. <laughs> and so there wouldn't need, and as uh, the belief is today, is, is how we're taught, is that they're, they're roaming the earth. Mm -hmm. They've never left. So in all reality, um, in their own beliefs, uh, Joseph Smith didn't have to come and restore anything. Actually, there's four, because I, in Doctrine and Covenants, section 7, it says that John, the beloved, oh, yes. was told that he would be able to stay alive and minister. And then the three Nephites. So that's four people. Yes, and so if each one of them told one, and mm -hmm. they told one, and they mm -hmm. told one, then... There couldn't have been an apostasy by their own scriptures. Correct. They couldn't. Of course, this oh, is absolutely. all myth. This is all myth. It, uh, that isn't true, because right. God said that everyone <laughs> will die at least once, <coughs> and, uh, and so that's not true. But based on your own scriptures, there could not possibly be an apostasy, a complete apostasy. Right. And, and two, it, the statement um, uh, with uh, uh, Simon Peter... Uh, the rock actually is the statement that, that Peter makes t to Christ. And he says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Well, Jesus so. is the rock. He's yes. always the rock in yes. scripture. Yes. In fact, that bring me, brings me back to the, there's a stone in the book of Daniel that, that they believe is um, Joseph Smith. Well, actually, it's, the stone is Jesus and the kingdom of God. It's not Joseph Smith at all, but he's, he's swiped the names. Anyway, <laughs> let's not get into that. Um, the next one, very quickly, before we take our half-hour break, why don't you okay. do th that one? God's word is forever. Okay, um, let me see. Um, Mark thirteen thirty one. Jesus said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And that refers that God's word is eternal. Mm -hmm. And um, which goes back to our last discussion. That's right. If if Jesus didn't tell the truth, then his church would be lost because his words were lost. That's right. And um, the th about the Lord is he never lies, and uh, he puts his uh, word above his name. Mm -hmm. He so, does. Mm -hmm. He puts his word above his name. Yes. And in in Psalms it tells us that his word is is high into heaven and is there, dwells in heaven. Yes. And, and nobody can reach up. Man can't reach up and grab it and steal it and, and They'd like ruin to, though, it. wouldn't no, they? No, they've tried, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then in Matthew five eighteen, Jesus said, For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, and one jot or one tittle shall not in one wise in no wise pass from the law till it's all fulfilled. And I love that. So again, we have to ask our viewers, do we believe Jesus or your leadership? And, and if you say you believe in Jesus, why can't you believe what he said? And why don't you do what he asks you to do? And we've gone through some, uh, you know, pretty good questions here. Um, you know, the preexistence and, you know, uh, the other things that have been mentioned. And the, ch the church, whether it's the polygamist sect, or the other sex, they pretty much believe the same thing. I mean, it's all about Joseph. Mm -hmm. It's not about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And um, 
but when you want to retort to them and tell them these things, then that's when they want to pull out the Bible and say, oh, look at this, look at this. But they only want to give you that one tiny scripture. They don't want to look at the 20 before and the 20 after. Yeah, the context. And Jesus's word, <clears throat> Jesus obviously considered his words a very important all, and we'd all do well to, to apply Jesus' words. He told us in, in John 12, 48, There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. That very word which I spoke will condemn him at the last day. Folks, viewers watching the show tonight, Jesus' word, the word, his words in the Bible, are going to be your judge. Not Joseph Smith's words and not the leader of your group. They are not going to judge you. Jesus' words alone is going to be your judge. So please get into the Bible and find out what Jesus taught. And I think we're at the half hour now. and We need to open up the telephone lines and invite our viewers to call in and make your statements, make your comments, ask your questions. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from any of our viewers, whether you're from a polygamous group or not. Our telephone number is 801-973-8820, 973-TV20. Give us a call. And while we're waiting for your calls to come in, we want to share our message with you. You are watching Polygamy, What Love Is This? Broadcasting live from Salt Lake City, Utah. This program is the broadcast outreach of A Shield and Refuge Ministry. Shield and Refuge is a point of first contact for Mormon fundamentalists who question the doctrines of the religion or who are actively seeking for an opportunity to escape the polygamist lifestyle. Examining the claims of fundamentalist doctrine against the backdrop of biblical truth is central to our efforts. We invite you to contact us. Call toll-free at 877-425-9993 or email us at tv at aboutpolygamy.com. We want you to know that we have made available to you some outstanding resources free of charge. You will find them at our website, www.whatloveisthis.tv. There you will find the DVD, Lifting the Veil of Polygamy, which documents the real-life stories told firsthand of those who were lifted out of the culture of polygamy through the power and love of Jesus Christ. Also, free of charge to you, is the booklet, Is Polygamy Biblical? It explores plural marriage in the context of God's Word and answers questions like, Did God ever command polygamy? Is it part of God's plan? While you are at our website, make sure to take advantage of the archived episodes of this program, which can stream on demand directly to your computer. There are more than 100 shows to choose from. And if someone you know is unable to view this program via live broadcast, recommend that they visit this same website every Thursday at 8 p.m. Mountain Time to watch this show through live streaming video. Simply follow the links to the live streaming video page. If you are watching live tonight, we invite you to call us as we open our phone lines. The number is 801-973-TV20. That's 801-973-8820. Now, back to Polygamy, What Love Is This? with our host, Doris Hansen. Well, <clears throat> pardon me. Welcome back to our show, Polygamy, What Love Is This? I have a frog in my throat. I'm sorry. 
Uh, we are glad that you've joined us for the show tonight, and we are talking with Jamie Hombaum, our guest, as we discuss some of the statements that Jesus made, that Jesus himself made, doctrinal statements that our polygamous viewers and polygamous groups perhaps will recognize that even though Jesus made those statements, your, your belief and, and your practice does not incorporate those statements uh, into what, you, um, what your leaders teach you. And I would encourage all of our viewers to go to your leader and say, if Jesus said this, why don't we believe it? You say you believe in Jesus. You want to, to, uh, uh, to live a kind of a life that pleases God so that when you die, you can go into God's heaven. And yet you don't believe what Jesus said. There's serious problem here and you really need to face it and work through it. We do have um, some phone calls coming in, and we also invite you to call. Our number is 801-973-TV20. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call, ask your questions, make your statement, and we would be happy to discuss anything with you. And right now on line one, we have a call from Sharon from St. George. Hello, Sharon. Yes. Yes, you're on the air. What's your question? Can you hear me? Yes. Uh-huh. Can you hear us? Sharon? Sharon, something was wrong there. She, Hello, Sharon? Uh, are you there? Yes, Sharon, are you? <laughs> yes. Okay, you're on the air. Can, can you hear me? I can hear you, Sharon. Do you have your uh, volume turned down on your television? Yes, I do. Okay, I can hear you fine. Can you hear us? Yes, but can you hear me? Sharon, ask your question, please. Okay, m my question is, I have been actually exploring the, the Mormon religion, and um, one of my <laughs> questions for them was the polygamous question, because I'm, I'm very, very against it, and I've, I've explored a lot of uh, polygamists that have been very deeply hurt by this, and girls that have gotten away from it, and in my searches with, with the LDS religion, I asked them how they felt about it. They told me that they don't condone this anymore in their faith. And I said, yes, but Joseph Smith had, what, 50-some wives? And, no, he and had you guys wives. abide by his <coughs> um, scripture. Um, and they said, but if you look back in the Bible, the apostles, the original apostles, were also had several wives. Really? So um, I, I can honestly say that I don't know enough about what the apostles were like, so this has got me really, really curious. I've never in my life heard that the apostles had um, several wives. Sharon, um, the Mormon apostles had several wives, but the biblical apostles did not. Uh, the people in the Old Testament that had several wives were generally the kings, it wasn't the prophets that had several wives. It was the kings and the lay, uh, the, the regular person. Some of the priests did. But not Jesus' apostles. They never had several wives. You won't read that. And the Bible condemns polygamy. It does not condone it at all. So whomever told you that Jesus' apostles had several wives lied. But if they told you Joseph Smith's apostles had them, then they told the truth because they did. <laughs> oh, I know. Joseph Smith had 52, no, 52 Joseph, some wives. I Joseph, told him he was a pervert. Sharon, Sharon, I mean, I hate, I hate to say that, but Sharon, that's, that's terrible. Sharon, Joseph Smith had 34 wives. He oh, my did goodness. Not. Jo Brigham Young had 56 wives, but Joseph Smith only had 34. Okay, then I got it backwards there. <laughs> Regardless, they all had several wives. Yes, and, he did. But, and to me... 
I would like to know where in the Bible I can look this up so that I can review this. I mean, I, I want to know where they're finding this, that they're saying that Jesus' apostles had several wives. They're not finding it anywhere. I can't give you a scripture reference to look up because it isn't there. Then that's what I'm going to ask them. Sharon, because if you will leave me, Sharon, oh. if you will leave the operator, your mailing address, I'll send you a book called Is Polygamy Biblical? Absolutely free. And it will give you a lot of the answers about polygamy in the Bible. If you'd like to read that so you can have answers to your questions. And I say this to all viewers. If you want to ask for the book, we'll send it to you for free so you can get an idea of what biblical polygamy was really all about. Okay. okay. Yeah, and, you know, I'd like to... Uh, because they say they don't condone polygamy anymore in the LDS they state. They don't. They don't condone it. They, they do believe in it. It's still part of their doctrine, but they don't condone living it right now. It's just kind of put aside for now. But they do believe it's coming back, and they do believe it's lived in heaven. Oh, my. Yeah. Sharon, can I just mention one thing? Is uh, I was a temple recommend holder uh, in, in the Mormon church. Um, their everlasting covenant is DNC um, 132, and it is all about polygamy, and um, that is what the church is about. It, they may not legally be able to uh, do it now, but that is why you go through the temple, and you have many wives, many. That's the basis, the basis of, and we did a show on that where the basis of the Relief Society, the temple, the celestial, the, the ceiling, and all of that all started with polygamy. That's the foundation of all of that. So anyway, we have other calls coming in. Sharon, leave your address with the operator, and I'll send you that book. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay, line two, we have Harold calling from Salt Lake City. Hello, Harold. Good evening, Doris. How are you tonight? Very good, thank you. How are you? Very well. I do want to say how much I... Love your show. Um, my question is in regards to we, how we should not look for a sign but live by faith. I totally agree with that. Um, when I was a member, um, you know, reading the Book of Mormon, there's Moroni's promise. And is that possible that that is, they're saying to look for a sign to confirm the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon? Yes, that's a sign. Of course it is. The burning in the bosom you're talking about? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Are you talking about they're asking for the burning in the bosom, Harold? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. That would be a sign. And it is a sign. Yeah, and so, we don't look for signs. Jesus. Yeah, no, and that's why, you know, I can honestly say that I never received any kind of a confirmation or anything remotely <laughs> like it uh, when, when I tried to receive that promise. You know, Harold, you know, I have several other friends, um, people I'm acquainted with that uh, have also said the same thing to me. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of people say the same thing, and you know, we can't rely upon our feelings for truth. It's not the barometer for truth. Feelings are all over the place all the time. And besides that, why would someone's feelings be more valid than mine? Why would your feelings be more valid than my feelings are? And if I didn't get a feeling that the Book of Mormon was true and somebody else did, who, who's more valid? I mean, it just... Well, it's, it's an opinion. Yeah. Because it, I, you can't tell me about my feelings and... 
vice versa. Right. So it's, it's I believe that um, if I truly want something to happen, that's one thing. But like I have a, uh, somebody that always tells me there could be uh, palm trees on Kennecott growing. Okay, somebody could say that, but it doesn't make it true. Right. And it doesn't make, you, you just got to, what you have to do is always read the Bible, the word, it's the truth. You can't go by your feelings because uh, feelings can be swayed by one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything in that I've read since I and I'm a I call myself a maybe a teen Christian now, but um, where you f- you have the feelings. No, the Bible never tells you to rely upon feelings. Yeah, exactly. It's always the facts. Always the word and the facts. Well, absolutely, and I do agree with that. I I really do. Okay. And it just it, I just got this this uh, feeling to call tonight uh, regarding, you know, to not look for a sign, live by faith, Mm -hmm. and that that just popped into my head, and I I do appreciate uh, everything you're doing, and uh, thank you so much for Mm -hmm. your time, and have a good evening. Thank you, Harold. Thanks for calling. Bye. Okay, we have Diana calling from Preston, Idaho. Hello, Diana. Yes. Yes, you're on the air, Diana. What's your question? Oh, hi, Doris. Hello? First of all, your hair looks lovely tonight. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, <coughs> um, it's not a question. I just wanted to make a comment about um, the scripture that you quoted on, um, I don't have it exactly because I don't have my scriptures here, but you said, uh, in essence, um, it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, it's what comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, what I wanted to say about that what you said is that I don't think it's just pertaining to what we eat. I think it's pertaining to the experiences we have in life, too, because I've had some people that have tried to, you know, put some really bad things into me through experience, and I let things make me really angry um, Diana? or sad or depressed. And instead, when they came through me, you know, I turned. I try to turn them into something good. Mm-hmm. Di- Diana, you're a good, a positive experience. And I think he that too about what goes, you know, into a man. Um, it's not what goes into a man that defiles him; it's what comes out. What okay. do you think of that, Diana? I, first of all, you've been breaking up. I don't know if you're on a cell phone or not, but you've been breaking up a little bit. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so, yeah I'm on a cell phone. But let me explain something to you that we have to be very careful when we interpret biblical scripture. Jesus was talking about foods. He wasn't talking about doctrine. There are other places that you could apply what you just said where we have to be careful how we listen and we have to be careful what we learn and we have to be careful of false doctrine and false prophets. There are other places in the Bible for that. But the verses that we read tonight in Mark chapter 7 which is the verses that we read, the context is food. And so that is the way we apply it, not with false doctrine. However, what you said is true. We do have to be very careful what we hear and what we believe because we are warned against false prophets and false doctrine. That's right. And I completely agree with you about um, going to the scriptures. I mean, if you just go by what you feel, it would be like going to a doctor for brain surgery and the doctor, you know, didn't go to school or to a university. He's just going by what he feels he should do. You wouldn't do that. That's for sure. You know, so why would you just go by what you feel when it comes to something as important as um, the teachings of Christ? 
And, and let me add to that, Diana, <clears throat> and, and you add to this too if you want. This is so important what you just said because we're not just dealing with our life here. We're dealing with our eternity. And our eternity is so very, very important. Who is going to rely upon a quack, to, a quack doctor to help them? But why would you rely on a quack prophet or priest or somebody else to take you into eternity? How important exactly. this is. People just exactly. don't that's understand it. That's what I'm finding out. I am um, still a member of the church, but I started watching your show about oh, a year ago, and um, I studied, started studying the Old and New Testament even longer than go than that, and I have found that it's true what you said, that the people that are members of the church, they really don't uh, understand the... Old and New Testament. They don't no, study it. They don't. Um, they don't. When they I don't. quote scriptures to them that I've been learning on my own, they've never heard those scriptures before. And Diana, I I have I left the church about three years ago, and um, the problem for me was uh, we have to read, and we have to read the Bible. Um, that's the most important thing. That's that even includes, you know, what comes in inside you. So you just open up that book and search. And I would implore you not just to to um, listen to what the members or the or your leaders say, uh, because I walked through Mormonism for fifty seven years, and uh, and I am here today. And uh, my mom walked out at 88 and a half years old. So please read, pick up your Bible. That's the truth. That's what you need to learn and uh, stick with it. And stand up for yourself because what you're going to do is you need to tell truth. This is your eternity. Would you mm -hmm. take and do you really want to go to heaven? So that's the real question here. Do you really, how bad do you want it? And so some people will go, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. It, I, I don't have to worry about it today. But you do. Tomorrow, mm -hmm. tonight, you could die in your sleep. You will not know the Jesus of the Bible. And you will die in your sin. And you will wake up. And you will be a very unhappy camper. Yeah, Jesus said if we die in our sin, where he goes, we cannot come. So don't die in your sin. You've got to take care of that sin. And Jesus did it on the cross. Thank you okay, very thank you. much. Thank you, Diana, for calling. And if you ever need any help, you can email us at tv at aboutpolygamy.com. We'd be happy to help you. All right. Thank you, Doris. You're Keep welcome. up the good work. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Okay, we have Henry calling from Sandy. Hello, Henry. Henry. Yoo-hoo. Are you there, Henry? One more chance. Oh, how are you doing this evening? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm doing just fine. How are you? I was just calling, first of all, I would like to make a donation to the the TV program that puts you on. I have no idea what that is, so where would I make that donation? Oh, uh, Henry, if you would leave, on the air. would you, um, you can go on to our website, tv at aboutpolygamy.com. Okay. And, uh, and there is... Well, a thanks very much. And then I have a question about, uh, I think it was Harold from Salt Lake. Okay. Okay. Uh, hello? Did I lose you? 
I guess I can't hear you. You can't hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. Okay. By the way, that website is, is they had just had it on the, the screen, www.whatloveisthis.tv. I had given you our email address. But you can donate online um, or you can leave your uh, telephone number and I'll call you tomorrow. Okay. Well, okay. Thank you very much. So anyway, what's then, your question? My other question was about, I think it was Harold okay. from Salt Lake that just called a little bit ago about talking about um, feeling versus the fact of what we read. Okay. What did you want to say about it? Are you, are you not hearing me, I guess? I, I'm hearing you. Is there something wrong with our... I guess I'll try another time if can, I can get can you Can you hear me now? I, I Hello? can't hear you, and it seems like you can't hear me. So. Hello, Henry, can you hear me? I don't know. My this turned on. Okay. Well, we'll try um, line two, Jason from Sandy, and see if we can. Hello, Jason. Yeah. Hi. How are you? Yes. Uh, we're doing well. <laughs> Good. Hey, just a few comments you had. Um, I, I'd like to make uh, <clears throat> as far as you're talking about the pre-existence um, a little bit. There not being one. The, um, my question was, well, if there's, it, what, why are we here now, and why is there an eternity? And um, I, if to follow that up, as far as um, what we read in the Bible, if we were talking about, you know, don't go by feelings, you know, or, or you were saying don't go by your feelings because what my feelings can be different from yours, and and so on. Well. How do we know then if truth, if you know what we're reading is truth, then what what do we go by? And and what about the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost through the priesthood? Isn't that significant in in Him witnessing, bearing witness to us about truth and in, in what we read in the Bible? Okay. I'll just hang up and listen okay. to what you have to say to those comments. But okay. also with regard, what one last thing with regard to. Uh, uh, the word of wisdom. I think, well, I, I think you're 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 correct. And when you say it's it's the the food, it's not about the food. It, it's it's about the people. It's about what we put in us, and and and, and you know all things in moderation. But it, but um, I do believe that you know it's up to us. And and I, I never I, I don't think it ever hurts to be reminded or have you know have. Uh, have a word of wisdom or if, or a Confucius say or that you know those type of reminders to okay. you know about about anything so you know I, I I don't know that you know I'm not a zealot about the word of wisdom but but Jason, I, uh, let, me, let me say something. You know, I do believe it's it's the personal what we put in it. and as far as drugs and all that other stuff I um, you know that's Jason? I, I'm not sure about that, but if you could just talk about the eternities, the 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 feelings, you know, if we'll, okay, you we'll know how that. we how is the truth witness to us yeah. then, or how you believe it's witnessed, okay. and then uh, you know a little okay, bit. Okay, Jason. Um, we first of all, I want to say something about what he had to say about the word of wisdom. Now, I agree that we should eat healthily. 
That I think I think most people would. But don't say that God said it, okay? That's the difference. And if you want to say, don't drink coffee, then don't drink coffee. I don't care. But don't say God told you not to. You can say your doctor told you not to. But when you say, thus saith the Lord, you can't have hot drinks and you can't do this and that, you better go into the Bible. And Jason, uh, that is what we're going to answer your question with right now. How do we discern truth? Right here, the Bible and only the Bible. Only the Bible. And as you read the Bible, it's going to tell you what God has to say about any part of your life, your death, your eternity, the hereafter that you need to know. It tells you that. And the Bible, Jesus um, says His word is truth. It says in the Bible, it tells us that Jesus, in Jesus are hidden all of the wisdom and knowledge of God. What more do you want? There isn't any more. You don't, everything that you have to test, you can use the Bible to test it. Don't use your feelings to test it. Don't use any false priesthood to test it. Don't use anything that anybody says to test for your eternity. Only what Jesus says in the Bible is a proper and the safe test for your eternity. Do you want to say something about that? Well, eternity is so important, okay? I, I think that that's what I want to say. And um, I'm just going to tell you, uh, I'm going to tell you the truth. Uh, I wanted heaven so bad that never am I ever did I ever think three years prior to this that I would leave the church. Heaven is so important. And I got down on my hands and knees when I knew that Jesus Christ of the Bible um, everything he said was true and that he did it for me and I did not have to work. I, it's the seriousness. Please take this serious. If you want heaven, please, I implore you, don't take Doris's word, don't take my word. That book is the truth. He tells you that it's the truth. It's your map here on earth one day and you don't know when it is. And let me give you a good example. Today, I was driving down the freeway. My husband ended up in the ER and could have died. I'm so glad I know Jesus Christ, and I'm so glad that he does. So please, have, have, take the truth. Yeah, take the Bible. The Bible is truth. And we are getting very close. We can't take any more t phone calls. Uh, we're going to be making our closing comments in a minute. Uh, but I want to thank you for coming, Jamie. Even though your husband did go through that crisis and you did it today, you still came and did the show. And I thank you so very much for, you for, for being part of it. Thank you for being gracious to we, me. We thank appreciate you. your being here. We appreciate our viewers. We appreciate you who, who tune in and who can encourage us so frequently. Um, I need to um, do our closing comments right now. We had a lot more that we wanted to share with you, but we didn't get... Uh, to it all, of course. Uh, but this is the Christmas season, and of course, most of us are aware of the reason for the season, which is uh, our observance and our celebration of the birth of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus came to die for our sins. He accomplished many other things while he was here, but his death for our sins on the cross was the reason that he came. Now, this culture hangs on to many spiritual myths, and we are in the season where Santa Claus is lifted up to our children as being the giver of good gifts and the, it, it, he surprises them ecstatically on Christmas morning. 
But when the children reach a certain age, they learn that their beloved Santa Claus was really only just a fantasy. Now, did you know that there is more evidence for the mythical Santa Claus than there is for the Book of Mormon and for the Book of Abraham? Children grow up and they grow out of their little mythical world and they face the reality of Christmas without Santa. We call it maturity, but this culture hasn't matured from their fantasies. They refuse to research the unwhitewashed history of Mormonism to discover that it's based on lies and myths and fantasies and false prophets and false prophecies and a false doctrine. In this season of peace and love and tolerance, we need to understand that there can be no real peace on earth until Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, uh, embraces and fills our hearts with peace. He is the truth, yet this culture refuses uh, to embrace all the truth that he taught. He said in John 8, 45, yet because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. Well, we pray that everyone will choose to believe everything that's said because what we believe it determines our eternity. What are you doing with the truth? What are you doing with Jesus? Let his peace rule in your heart. Thanks for watching tonight, and good night. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.